Marcus Monroe. Hey, what up, Ben? Give me a name. G.G. Allen. Welcome to Give Me a Name, where a guest presents me, Ben Kirschenbaum, with a dead historical figure they find interesting, and we discuss. There's some disturbing stuff in this episode, so best not to listen if you've eaten in the past hour. Treat this episode like swimming. G.G. Allen. Born, yeah. Jesus Christ, Allen. That's it. That's the one. (laughs) You found him. Uh, He was named Jesus Christ by his father, who uh, thought that Jesus came to him and told him to name his son Jesus Christ. Yeah, and that's only the, the tip of the iceberg in terms of this man's crazy life. It starts with his father, but then I think his upbringing had a lot to do with how he obviously matured throughout the years or didn't mature as right. it could be right i i want to say this at the very beginning just as a disclaimer we've had uh <laughs> we've had topics on this show like uh uh famous uh, composers yeah famous artists sure this one's gonna be a little bit different yeah you could say he's an artist uh, and and also a composer, um, but he's more like a punk rock, a naked punk rock, druggy, pr- probably with a a strong hint of mental illness. Yes, uh, and, and um, daddy issues. Yes, he is. If you don't. Yeah, I mean, do we want to give too much away up top? I don't know if we want to. What do you think? Well, I just want to say it because there are going to be disturbing things in this episode. Yeah, people might get triggered by some things that we say about his life. And I also think, Ben, it's important for us to be like, hey, we don't condone his actions. No, no, no. He was a racist. He was a lunatic. He was vile. Uh but but he's just an inter I'm just like I'm interested in his story but I don't condone it. Of course. <laughs> you know? Of course. But you know what's kind of interesting to me? So we had two episodes. One episode with May Planner, we talked about Lizzie Borden. Oh, cool. Who murdered, probably murdered her oh, de- father. Definitely did. <laughs> her father and stepmother. We had an episode on Mao. Oh, okay. Who on a large scale yeah. is responsible. Well, yeah. So you know, in retrospect, I guess this guy but the point I wanted to make is like, for some reason, I, I, we should just mention this stuff. But for some reason, this guy is more disturbing to me. Oh well, yeah. I mean, I think so too because of the fact of how easily accessible it was for him to go do what he did, and for mm. people to to experience that. Yes. Yeah. Let let, let maybe we should right, move on. So, and then, so but that's that's the the warning up and top. And I think that it needs to be there. That's the the FBI warning before the film. Okay, let's do it. Let's so, get into it. So Gigi Allen. There is a documentary on Gigi Allen that came out in 1993 by then NYU student Todd Phillips. Same Todd Phillips. Todd Phillips, who would go on to direct the Old Hangover. School, yep. The Hangover, and then. Joker. Yeah, I was going to say Batman, but Joker. (laughs) Very different from the original Batman. Very different. Just in terms of uh, tone. Yeah, yeah. Under the same umbrella, you could say. Yes, same comic book umbrella. DC. (laughs) But a lot of people, I think, when Joker came out, because if you haven't seen Joker, it's a very, very disturbing movie about Mm -hmm. another man who has psychological illness that also is able to rile up. Interesting. I I think you might be the first to, to... you know, use the Joker as a comparison to Gigi Allen. I think that there's something there. And I was just going to say that a lot of people, when Joker came out, were like, why is the Hangover director directing this uber serious film? I think you should go back 
to look at this 1993 documentary on Gigi yeah. Allen, who is more Joker like yeah, very very much so that's interesting i didn't i did not know that ben i'm learning already beautiful okay let's keep it going i will say this again sort of setting the tone and i realize we're a little late to still be setting the tone but whatever the documentary begins with the quote gg allen is an entertainer with a message to a sick society he makes us look at it for what we really are the human is just another animal who is able to speak out freely to express himself clearly Make no mistake about it, behind what he does is a brain. And the big reveal is, that quote was from famous mass killer John Wayne Gacy. Wow. Who Gigi Allen visited several times while he was on death row. Wow, that's really interesting. I did not know that. I've seen this documentary, but I forgot that part. So, that documentary is called Hated, Gigi Allen and the Murder Junkies. The Murder Junkies was one of Gigi Allen's bands. It's probably his most famous band. Right. Yeah. And he was in a lot of bands throughout his career. Just to name a few, the Jabbers, the MC2, the Scumfucks, the Texas Nazis, the Cedar Street Sluts, the AIDS Brigade, the Anti-Scene, Bulge, and then, of course, the Murder Junkies. So the, the names of the bands are not... It's, it's not very commercial. <laughs> Is it, you know, they're, not, they're not trying to, to go for the masses here, I don't think. You know, I think I think someone told me recently, like, you only need like 100 fans or something. And then, you know, if those 100 fans come to your, all your shows or something, you'll be set. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was kind of what he was doing because he was he was not he was alienating a lot of people with his stage antics. It's it's niche. It's, it's very niche. I agree. Going back to his childhood. And as you said, his childhood is, is really the thing that's going to begin everything. Yeah. His father, his name was Merle Allen Sr. Just a nut. Just a crazy religious nut. Abusive religious fanatic. He dug graves in the cellar. Yeah. And he would take Gigi and his brother to the graves and say, if you piss me off, I'm going to put you in your graves. Like, imagine... Your dad doing that to you. Like, no time out. It's like, you piss your dad off, he's digging a hole. Yeah. I Thank God I didn't have a dad who did that. He would also, thank God I didn't have a dad who didn't come close to that. His, you his, know? <laughs> I don't know. His dad would also burn mattresses I, if, if his wife turned down sex. Right. Later on, Gigi Allen would say that he felt more like a prisoner in this family than like he was in a family. Which is, shows vulnerability. You know, he doesn't really do that later in his life so when he when he talks about his childhood it's when he really kind of opens up and you're like oh you kind of feel bad for this guy but then you see how he he's you know using that energy and you're like oh maybe we shouldn't feel bad for this guy i don't know i'm kind of torn on it because in one way it's like you could say people who go to his shows know what they're getting themselves into at a certain point yes no doubt right but you're also like are pissing and shitting and being naked and like practically raping people Right. So that's not good. No, 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 no. That, that I, is so, I, I, so messed up. I agree with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> good, good. So his uh, mom, whose name is Arletta, who is still alive, tried to escape kind of several times or made some attempts to get out of the situation. We should also mention that he grew up in a very, very small town in New Hampshire. It was a log cabin, no electricity, no running water. Yeah, yikes. And... The mom finally is able to bring the kids out of this situation when Gigi is 10 years old and they move to Vermont 
At this point, she legally changes his name to Kevin, so he doesn't get made fun of for being named Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Right. But then, I think later on, his brother couldn't say Jesus, so he would say Gigi, and that's where Gigi Allen got his stage name. Exactly. And he kind of said that the town had no real like culture, no real interest in music or anything like that, but he's able to discover first kind of... not traditional, but like the British Invasion bands, you know, Beatles and and Kinks and stuff. Then more early punk bands like the New York Dolls. Mm -hmm. And he also, this one's random if you ever listen to any Gigi Allen music, Hank Williams. And so eclectic, this man. (laughs) Who knew? (laughs) It's all these musical influences that end up going into music that I, I don't particularly like. You don't for like the most part. you don't like the Beatles. I love the Beatles. I I don't love. Oh, you don't like. I don't love the Beatles. Uh, protege Gigi Allen. Yeah. <laughs> all that much. All right. Okay. I, that makes sense. What do you think about his music? Gigi Allen's? Yeah. Oh, I would never listen to it. <laughs> I would never. I mean, I sometimes I in documentaries I'm listening to it. You know, just like oh, okay, but it's exactly what you think it would. It doesn't. It's just like it. You know, no, I sound like an old person. Like it doesn't. It's just a bunch of noise, <laughs> right? But it's it pr- it pretty much is a bunch of noise with like heavy drums, heavy guitar, and just yeah, 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 yeah. Here's the thing. Like I grew up going to like the Warp Tour and uh, listening to screamo bands, and I kind of like I understand that. But mm-hmm. this is not that. This is like a whole nother. It's a grungy, their own kind of style of music of rock and roll. I would you know would you classify it as rock? And roll. Punk, I punk. would say punk, which falls under the yeah. umbrella of rock for sure. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Punk, it's punk music. I think it's also one of these things where, just to kind of go back, in the 50s, you know, with someone like Elvis, when he's shaking his hips on TV, that's rebellious. Yeah. And inherent in rock and roll is that it's anti-authority, that it's rebellious. Sure, that's true. But then the thing that was originally rebellious becomes the mainstream. That's right. So you have to raise the stakes even further now. The bar is raised, and what do you do to, to be crazy, to be shocking? Exactly. So in like the late 60s, early 70s, you have the birth of really what we think of as punk with like Iggy Pop and the Stooges. Mm-hmm. Iggy Pop also would do insane things on stage, not sure. Gigi Allen level, but yeah. he would like self-mutilate himself and was completely naked on stage. Mm-hmm. I guess I did in reverse order of shockingness. There. That's okay. You know, <laughs> depends. Depends on what you're into. Yeah. I know Gigi Allen, when he was uh, going to school then in Vermont, he would wear dresses to school and get uh, kicked out, out of school, suspended for that. And he was inspired, though, by the New York Dolls. They would also cross-dress, and he liked playing with gender like assignments. Or, was that the right word? Gender assignments? I guess no. Gender roles. That's gender it. roles. Gender yeah. roles. And the New York Dolls, though, what I'll say, so New York Dolls were a band in the early 70s, which would be sort of early punk, mm-hmm. maybe even sort of a precursor to what we think of as punk with like the Ramones and the Sex Pistols yeah. and the Clash. But I like their music. Yeah, like, I New would. York Dolls, yeah. They're, yeah, but I mean, they're different than the Murder Junkies. Exactly. They're a lot different. But yeah, they're good. I've seen them before. Oh, yeah? I think they did it. I th- Dude, I want to say when I first moved to the city in 2004, I saw at least like some of the New York Dolls at Lime, what's it called? Limelight? Mm-hmm. That club? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah. I didn't realize they were still around. I think it was like a reunion show. 
<laughs> okay. I was there with my manager at the time, so I don't I don't remember too much of it because I was like, who are these who are these older guys? That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, when a punk when a rock band like let's say the Rolling Stones ages, it's you know it's a little bit sad because mm-hmm. they were sort of badass earlier on. When a punk band ages, I feel like that's a whole nother level of. That's, I feel like you need to be young. Yeah, I do like it though because they're just living their best lives. You know they. They still have the hair. They still have put on the makeup, the clothes. I kind of think that's cool. You know, I like watching bands from yet, like from when we were growing up. Who and they, they've peaked. They're out. You know, they've had their day. I like watching them like, reunion tours and right. stuff. I think that's really fun. And I always love it. And this is true for. I love a comeback story. Yeah. I like it when a band that's been sort of irrelevant for 20, 30 years. Yeah makes one big hit that sure. just sort of brings them back. I love that. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like a current example of that. Um, I don't know. It doesn't really, when U2 came out with Beautiful Day, that mm. was like 10 years, after, I'm not a huge U2 fan, but Same. like that was like 10 years after their biggest stuff, I think. I guess the Strokes, they you know, they had a lot of success and then their first album, they couldn't really get a lot of, uh, their, their other albums didn't do well until their latest one they put out last Christmas or something. Right. The other thing that I want to say about just sort of punk rock in general is that it has its origins actually in the 60s. I was looking some stuff up. A lot of people say that the first punk rock song was Louie Louie, mm. which was made famous by the Kingsmen. Louie Louie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think most punk music comes from blues. Yeah. Like it's a, a, rooted orig- in that. Yeah, originally. Mm-hmm. But again, it's if you're thinking about punk music, it would definitely be shorter songs, pretty simplistic notes, loud, but the music is somewhat secondary when you're talking about an artist like Gigi Allen. It's mm-hmm. more the culture. It's more the spectacle. It's definitely the culture and the spectacle. Or lack thereof. I mean, the spectacles. Yeah, a funny word for watching someone shit on themselves during a show. Exactly. But that's what it was. You know. maybe like describe what he looks like to people who don't know. Because Gigi Allen, he had a Hitler mustache. For a little while, a little his while. brother definitely has. A oh, Hitler his brother mustache. did too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, oh, oh, yeah. Gigi Allen had the goatee. That's right. He had a goatee, yeah. bald head, goatee. Oftentimes, completely naked. A lot of times, where he had, he wore like collars and chains, mm-hmm. ripped up black T-shirts. I'm just trying to like paint the picture for people who are trying to picture him. I want to say he oftentimes had like a black eye too, or a lot of cuts on his face, on well, his body. It would, it would make sense. Lots yeah. of dried blood. Lots of dried poop. Probably on him as well. I know that's gross, but that's what he, that's his thing. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely, and I mentioned Iggy Pop, there are definitely performers in the 70s who would make sort of these gross, like over the top, again, you know, self mutilation in the case of Iggy Pop. So it's already pretty far yeah. in the 70s. I think that one of the main, <laughs> I hesitate to use the word, contributions yeah. to <laughs> rock culture is that. Gigi Allen does in 1985 for the first time Gigi Allen takes a dump on stage he was preparing to do it he took like x-lax beforehand right, right and starting then it was like an expectation basically yeah. he, for he set the bar for himself <laughs> and he yeah so he would a lot oftentimes start his show completely naked and hit himself in the forehead with the microphone until he drew blood now that was actually kind of a trick to that right. because hitting yourself in the microphone or with a microphone to your forehead, you, anytime you get hit in the forehead, you, you're likely to bleed a lot mm-hmm. and it 
tends to heal up fairly quickly. Your forehead does. That's why when you go see a wrestling show, a lot of times they they blade, they cut their forehead to bleed from their forehead because it causes a lot of blood and it's a spectacle and it's, it, does, it doesn't hurt and it's, it's pretty safe to, to bandage up. So that could be why he did it. Also, it is a good visual watching Gina Man just hit himself in the head with a microphone. Like, it's like, what is he doing? And what do you think is, because I've been trying to figure this out as I've researched the guy. I mean, I feel like Gigi Allen himself is a fascinating character, but I also just, I want to get to know the fans. Like, who oh. are these people that would go to a show, watch a guy, you know, defecate on stage and in some ways go like even further with the grossness of it. Why, why yeah. are they there? I don't know. I, I Like you wouldn't go? Well, one reason I wouldn't go is because it's actually dangerous. Right. He would beat up the crowd and sure. they would beat him up. You know, I think if you go, like I would want to go. Like I don't want to endorse his politics. But like if you know what's going to happen at one of these shows and if everyone knows and everyone's aware of what could happen. And if there was a way I could go and just be in the back, right. be by the merch table, you right. know, be by the soundboard. Like Preferably I, behind something that yeah, would shield if I could the like, smell. Yeah, exactly. If I could be safe, I would go. I would go and watch it just to see what it's like and just to see the people. It might be almost like one of those train wreck things, too, where people kind of mm. want to look and see, like, hey, what's going on in here? The other thing is that in the Todd Phillips documentary, they're interviewing a fan, and he says it's funny. He's like, I go because it's funny. Yeah, I guess. I mean, this was before YouTube. Well, I mean, I definitely take your point about things being shocking on videos and stuff. I mean, there's some censorship, of course. Sure. But yeah, you can see like a fail compilation might have more graphic stuff than a Gigi Allen concert. Right. But this is the guy blending music. I, I guess it's performance art. Right. Into, and and self-mutilation into one. And I think it's also one of these things. So we're talking about how, you know, you start off with Elvis and, and I guess uh, the Kingsman singing Louie Louie. And then it escalates, escalates, escalates. Is this the peak? I Where do you go from here? I don't know. But like like you said earlier, I also don't know if his he cared about the music. I just wonder if he just needed an outlet to let off some steam right you know like if he got into running he might have been okay he does say by the way that if he didn't have music he would have been a <laughs> he would have been a serial killer oh yeah yeah well that's that's gross but the running thing yeah just you would know be healthier yeah yeah, yeah yeah i think so yeah maybe you hurt your knees if you run too if you oh do, that's like, true maybe yeah, you yeah. Give me, take up swimming in that case swimming is good yeah yeah, yeah. that's the ultimate exercise yeah that's what they say <laughs> so in terms of his explanation of what the hell he was doing later on in his career in the late 80s early 90s he actually started going on some of these daily talk shows jerry springer the jane whitney show yeah and he went on geraldo mm-hmm. and is it Geraldo or Geraldo? Geraldo. Geraldo. Geraldo Rivera. Okay. Uh, soft G. And Geraldo asked him a you know, pretty straightforward question, which is, why do you defecate on stage? Mm -hmm. Fair question. Fair question. What did he say? So he said, my body is the rock and roll temple. My bodily fluids are a communion to people. I'm there not to entertain, but to annihilate, to bring danger back to rock and roll. That makes sense because that's what he did. Like, you can't really argue with that. Sure. I mean, yes, I don't think his body was like the temple of rock and roll, but in his reality, it was. So his, you know, perception is his reality, right? Yeah. I mean, 
Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that it's obviously very, very easy to just say this guy was a insane person. Yeah. Well, but also like mental illness wasn't really discussed in the 70s and the 80s like it is today. Like right now, like mental illness is doing pretty good. You know, like (laughs) meaning like you can talk about it openly and people seem to greet it with reverence. You know, back then, I mean, I'm sure this guy needed, I doubt he was medicated. No. Like, I'm sure he was self-medicating. Sure. But I don't think he saw a doctor and was like, hey, I'm kind of, I maybe could use some Seroquel or some Paxil. I don't think, but he probably could have benefited from that. So maybe we take this with a grain of salt. But so in 1989, so this would be four years before Gigi Allen dies. He dies at the age of 36 from a heroin overdose. Right. Well, from, yeah, from that and... I don't know if you... Well, we can talk about that when we get to it. Okay, so in 1989, he is arrested for assault of a... Uh, Shocker. With intent to do great bodily harm to a female acquaintance, and he pleads not guilty. In any case, he's in jail for two years, and they give a psychological evaluation of him. And the doctor, I suppose, said that he had at least average intelligence and was described as courteous, cooperative, and candid. The unnamed evaluator noted that Allen did not appear psychotic and seemed comfortable with his unorthodox lifestyle. However, the evaluator asserted Allen was dependent on alcohol and had a mixed personality disorder with narcissistic, borderline, and masochistic features. Yeah, that, thanks, Dad. You know, I'm sure his upbringing had a lot to do with that. Sure. Living in a cabin with no electricity or running water and your name is Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like that that you're going to probably think you're going to have some narcissism in your world if that's your name. Absolutely. I'm trying to compare him a little bit. So his brother, who is only about a year older than him, is very, very close with Gigi Allen for their whole life. They're in bands together. I believe they lost their virginity to each other. That I was about to. That's uh, sweet. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's I I if I, I could be, I want to look that up, but I think that's true. I think that's true, and if that is true, that is you know that's a that's a bond. Listen, I'm an only child. I have no you know frame of reference there. He is arrested. He's in jail for two years. He gets out, and that's around the time that he joins so the band, the Murder Junkies. That's where the documentary kind of plays in, and he gets sponsored. He's trying to clean up, I suppose, and he gets sponsored by the Hells Angels. That's his sponsor. Mm -hmm. I Uh, was right, by the way. Really? About losing his V-card to his brother Merle. At At what age? That's what it says here in the Medium.com article. Jesus Christ. Um, I don't know if it has an age, but he also says that while on stage, he would have sex with dead and sometimes alive animals. That one I didn't know. Yeah, it's not. And and remember, like, you know, people thought Ozzy Osbourne, you know, was this crazy maniac. But, like, come on. Gigi Allen was doing it way before. And. Well, I don't think he was doing it before. Oh, was he not? Oh, yeah, you're right. Probably not. It would be after, but I think that it's like. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, he probably took from that, though, don't you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think he was inspired from, as a performer, I think he's 
<laughs> standing on the shoulders of those giants. Absolutely. So when did Ozzy Osbourne like really peak? So Black Sabbath, which he was the vocalist for, would be early seventies. Oh, As okay. A solo so artist, you're right. Yeah. It would still be, I think, seventies. So most yeah, part. yeah. Gigi Allen was plenty years after a good amount of time. I'm after. not exactly sure when Ozzy Osbourne eats the bat because that becomes the. Now, did he really do that, or was that just a? Uh... No, people made a lot of jokes about it when Corona happened. That's true. In terms of what Gigi Allen is doing, you know, a lot of it has to do with, I mean, just using his body, right? All, all the, as he said, the bodily fluids and all that stuff. Right. Um, I found this quote that I thought was interesting from a writer named Chris Coveden. Uh, Nothing is as punk rock as your body. No swear word, political symbol, or fashion choice could outrage the general public as much as the fluids and waxes that your hideous beef shell oozes out on a daily basis. But while punk's true spirit of shoving the ugly truth of humanity in the face of the pearl clutchers remains alive and many others have focused more on the trappings of the genre and culture than the reality. Fashion, presentation, a sense of bluster, all of the things that punk rebelled against when it formed as a gut reaction against classic rock have become punk's calling cards. Yeah. So it's also this thing of like... We talk about like punk culture. You go like, you know, in high school, there were the punks, yeah. you know, the people who wore certain things or would listen to certain kinds of music. Sure. And on some level, this guy's saying that's bullshit. Right. This is, you're not real rebels. Real yeah. rebels go way, way further. Yeah. I don't know if you need to go for much for, you know. Oh, I agree. You don't, yeah. I don't think you go, I, I, I'm pretty straight laced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This guy, yeah. Interesting. So fascinating stuff. So let's we can get to basically his death. So like I he I think he was in New York, is that right? Yeah, uh, yeah. He was doing a show East East Second Street, East Village. Oh yeah, in the East Village, of course. And he, I remember a lot of times people would do dr- people would do drugs at the shows. They would give drugs to Gigi to do on stage. And so there's a video of this guy Gigi Allen is performing at this club, he, and he's holding out a white pill, mm-hmm. and Gigi takes it and goes, mmm, drugs, and he, he takes this pill during the show, and then after the show, you see him on the street, he's kind of naked, he's hiding from the cops, um, there's almost like a mini riot that ensues, have you seen this footage? I have not, no. And and then I think- like, Oh, yes, I have, when it breaks out on the street, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and then I think it's like that next, like that night he dies from an OD- Mm. And I, th- I think, yeah, you were right, heroin, but also I think there were like other narcotics in his body that kind of, you know, didn't go well with the heroin. Right, right. Not much does. Right. No, I don't think so. So he dies. So there's another documentary in addition to the Phillips one that came out about four years ago. It was uh, for Showtime. It's called Gigi Allen, All in the Family. And this one is somewhat about Gigi Allen, but it's more about the brother Merle and the mother. And it's about sort of the after effects of them mourning, you know, now over 20 years later, uh, pushing 30 years later. And they're very kind of disturbed by, well, for one thing, the Gigi Allen fans, he he attracted certain kinds of fans, certain kinds of fans who liked watching his sort of performance. Mm -hmm. They vandalize and and you know piss on his grave literally piss on his grave yeah now you would think for anyone else that would be a show of the ultimate disrespect right but in this case i think it's his fans kind of like showing their appreciation in an odd way to Gigi because he was 
he would do that type of thing in his shows all of the time. It became a normal thing. So I think it's really just his fans being like, this is this is what you would have wanted. A hundred percent. And right. maybe, maybe it is. I mean, like, I don't really know. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. Gigi also said um, that he was going to kill himself. He was adamant in interviews. He'd say, I think someone should die when they're at their peak, not when they're old and weak, but you should die when you're middle-aged, like at your peak. And he was always talking about killing himself on stage. And he even set a date. I think it was October... The first time he set a date, he said it would be Halloween. Right. And then he kept setting dates, but he was in prison every single time that mm-hmm. the date would happen. Right. So didn't do it. Did not do it. But he, he got very close to dying on stage, just hours away. <laughs> yes. So one question that I, I want to ask, because I, I, I feel like I, I know you a little bit. Sure. And I know that you are you love boy bands, particularly from the 90s, 2000s. Yeah. And to me... This is kind of the opposite of a boy band in totally. a lot of ways. Yeah, well, like, I love boy bands, but I'm not, I don't only love boy bands. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, like, yes, I like them, but I'm, I'm also, I love music. I love all different types of music, and I love all different types of performance art. And I think this guy, when I first heard about him, probably in, like, 2005 or something, right. and I was just really infatuated by him, just because of, like, you could... I didn't know like you could do this type of thing on stage. Like I'm from Wisconsin, where this like a small town where most people know each other, and you like wouldn't dream of a guy coming into town shitting and farting and vomiting all over himself and other people fighting. Like it just seems so uh, out of this world to me when I first heard about this guy. But you know, I've lived in New York now for like almost 20 years. Right. Like, I get is, it uh, now. Yeah, you see this guy on the yeah. street every yeah. day. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I was just like so into the, it was like a new world I'd never seen before, this punk rock scene, this community of people. And I was like, why would someone want to go to a show where they could get shat on, raped, and beat up? Sure. And, and it didn't appeal to me in, at all. And then I read a book that was written by this reporter that traveled with Gigi Allen and the Murder Junkies. And I read that. I was just like even more fascinated with his life. So when you asked me to pick someone, I'm like, well, I want to I talk about Gigi Allen. I haven't talked about him in a while. And I'm sure you've had a lot of you know performers on talking about other performers. But this is a performer who's just like way out there. And to me is like very layered he's got a lot going on and it's uh, just such an interesting person and no matter how much i talk about him with other people i always learn more things i didn't know before that's interesting to me i like i like doing that yeah and i also think he's an interesting guy well one thing that that you said in terms of and i think this is true for a lot of people but the childhood sets the stage i mean like for sure yeah it was uh yeah naughty by nurture yeah <laughs> right and but but the other aspect of it is that there, when we've kind of covered this a little bit so there was a the founding editor of punk magazine this guy john holmstrom said punk rock had to come along because the rock scene had become so tame that acts like billy joel and simon and garfunkel were being called rock and roll when to me and other fans rock and roll meant this wild and rebellious music and this need to have, particularly for the youth, I, f- I feel like, because yeah. Gigi Allen died at 36. I would imagine that most of his fans were young. Sure. 20s and 30s. Yeah, I would say so. That he sort of filled this need for a lot of people. As you said about, I mean, like running, it's, mm-hmm. an, it's an outlet in yeah. this, you know, wild way. Yeah. And that's just what it meant in the late 80s after Billy Joel and Simon and Garfunkel. That's early 70s. Right. 
now you go the next level, I guess. I'm also fascinated because his the Murder Junkies, they still tour to this day. Yes. And they play shows as the Murder Junkies, just no frontman, I don't think. And one of the guys from the band I actually talked to a couple of years ago, I was he was an actor and I was going to hire him to be in this uh this pilot I was like producing at the time. And it didn't end up working out, but I have his number here and like we, we talk occasionally. Really? He's in the Murder Junkies, yeah. His was name, he one of the original members? I don't know. His name is Mike Denied. Mike Denied. The, the three members that I learned a little bit about were uh, Gigi Allen, of course, his brother Merle, and then there's the drummer Dino, who is featured in the documentary. He also, he well, he played naked every single time, Dino. Yeah. And he said that the act itself, which I thought was interesting, is that... He, it's making a point that their world is too violent and that we're bringing sort of sweetness back. Okay, sure. I don't know if he really got the point of what Gigi Allen was doing because Gigi Allen openly was saying, like, we're violent, I hate everybody. Right, right. That's really interesting. Now, you and I are both comics, so who in the comedy world do you think has the the spirit of Gigi Allen in 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 the way that unpredictable, crazy out there. I'm not talking about like right racist or anything like that, sure. but like not his political beliefs or anything. But his who who brings that to the comedy world that you know of? That's such a great question. I mean, I feel like all comics might have a tiny tiny element of him. I I would say that Eric Andre. And the Eric oh, Andre show yes. does a lot of that stuff. Uh, the shock value. Yes. Him vomiting and licking it back up on his desk and shitting and, and just going crazy. Right. I, I I would be shocked if Eric Andre was was not inspired by Gigi Allen at all. So uh, just in case someone doesn't know, Eric Andre had a mock talk show, making fun of the standard Tonight Show kind of things, which has happened before. But Eric Andre's show, as you're pointing out, it was way more outrageous and over the top right. than any previous parody. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But the other thing I'll say about Eric Andre is that if you listen to interviews with him, he seems like a pretty normal down-to-earth guy. That's very true. He's very smart. I mean, he studied music. Uh, He's, yeah, very... I've met him. He's an awesome dude. That's a great, great call. But that's the only distinction I would make because I feel like Gigi Allen was was the man who you saw on stage. I would agree. I would agree. But I think if we're talking about like her persona, you know, that would would definitely cover most of the bases. Um, I'm trying to think anyone else. I don't really know. I mean, there's like, I, I sometimes think I'm also a wrestling fan. I know you don't, you don't really. I loved wrestling when I was younger. Sure, sure. Yeah. So I'm just trying to think like who, when in terms of wrestling, is he, and there's like some deathmatch wrestlers that right. come to mind who just do like the craziest stuff for shock value. Yeah. No, and, it is that level yeah. of spectacle. It no, is, truly. Yeah. No doubt about it. Um, the only thing I meant earlier by every comic has to have a little element of it kind of goes back to the idea of the fan thinking that this is funny, which is that, I mean, a comic on some level is doing, well, I mean, just by nature, they're surprising you in some way with whatever right. the punchline is. Mm-hmm. And there's that element of surprise in yeah. Gigi Allen. I mean, it's just such an extreme version of it. Absolutely. But I think people went to the concerts. Yeah, they knew some of the things he would probably do, but... A lot of it was something crazy is going to happen if you go there. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't know what it is. Also, he had a micro penis. 
he had a very small pay. That's very true. small. Penis. And if you look at the documentary, it's it's yeah. there. It's even on YouTube today. Like I was on YouTube, like yeah. trying to do some more research for this too, and I was just like, dang it. It's really tiny. It's hard to listen to the facts going on when he has such a small penis. Right. It's, yeah, it's distracting. It is distracting. <laughs> but, hey, you know, what a brave man to have such a small dick and be cool with just being naked. That Good for him. I think that's a real message of this. It's yeah, just I that so, too. This is a guy who had big <laughs> hey, dick energy. Follow what mama gave you or something. Yeah, he had big dick energy. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah, there's something else to f- funny to follow up with that, but I don't know how what it is. <laughs> In any case, Marcus Monroe, Yo, thank you so, so much for being dang, on. This was so fun. Thank you, Ben. Everyone, go look up Gigi Allen and, and just tell us he's not the most crazy person you can ever read about. And please follow Marcus Monroe on uh, Instagram. Yeah, Instagram at Marcus J. Monroe or just search Marcus Monroe. Also, same on uh, TikTok. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on. You're welcome. It's a pleasure talking to you. Well, pleasure's all mine. (laughs) 